Welcome to the Call the Road podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Slayball, and this is my podcast where I have people on to tell stories about motorcycles. And this week, my guest is Kira Sekdalan. Kira is a moto journalist, and I met her through some of the work that I've been doing lately, and um, specifically the Perpetual Motion Project. And uh, when we were out on the road, um, her and uh, Justin, her significant other, were telling me some tales of their times exploring and riding in Japan. And I really wanted to have her on the podcast to share some of her adventures with you guys. So enjoy. So I'm here with Kira Sakdalan and welcome to the podcast, Kira. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some of you remember um, way back we did a rolling podcast with uh, Kira's significant other, uh, Justin, and um, we were actually all riding, so she heard that whole thing over the, the Bluetooth <laughs> during that time. And yeah, so we always wanted to do, uh, I wanted to do a podcast with Kira. And so finally we found some time, carved some time out of our day, and she's here with us today. Yeah, first talk a little bit about how you got into riding motorcycles, Kira. Oh, um, well, I've kind of been exposed to motorcycles most of my life. My brother rode, my dad rode, he had a collection, but I didn't really get into riding motorcycles until like my late 20s. I just decided one day I'm tired of staring at them, so I signed up for a course and passed the test and bought like a $500 clapped out Honda and um, just pretty much I rode for a year and then I met Justin and then we dove head first into it. Uh, ever since. Nice. <laughs> nice. And you guys have been like in talking to you guys and hanging out with you guys and stuff. You, you guys have done some pretty awesome stuff. Like namely one that I want you to tell me some stories about is, is Japan. Um, because I, that's a dream of mine to ride over there. And, and, and the more that you guys tell me about it, the more <laughs> I want to ride over there. Like talk about like, what what was that like, and and what was your your top ride over there? Oh, I mean, it was incredible. It's on the list of my must return destinations. Uh, the roads aren't there. I mean, Sundays are are definitely like huge traffic buildup on on the interstates. But really, if you stick to the country roads, they're narrow, they're windy. The scenery is epic. Um, I mean, they're so narrow and so like tight that there are mirrors, you know, those concave, concave mirrors <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> that yeah. you, you use when you're like backing out of a parking lot or something to see around the corner. Well, they, they install those in the mountain roads because it's just so impossible to see, uh, the corners are so tight. Um, and just riding there has just been, it's been an experience I'll, I'll never forget. Um, and when we were there, I think we were there in 2015, we made a group of expats, like a, a Kiwi, a Russian and an American, <laughs> which it's like the start of a, a yeah, I was going to say it sounds like the beginning of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they've been there in Japan for some odd amount of years and their whole goal in life is to explore every back road and find every abandoned uh, homestead and village and business park. And in Japan, they call those haikyos, which is the, the translate loosely to abandon. 
And so they invited Justin and myself to follow along on one of their treks, literally just like hearing a rumor about this Haikyo in the middle of um, like the, the mountains around Mount Fuji. Um, he, he kind of looked for it on Google Maps, thought that he found it because he saw this like shady spot in an opening amongst the trees, pinned it, and we, we cruised out there on some dual sports and ended up hiking like <laughs> for three hours in two different groups, like straight up a mountain. And mind you, I'm wearing like my adventure gear and uh, like dirt boots. I'm s- and this is summer, so I'm sweating my ass off. Um, and but in the end, it was totally worth it. We found this house that was like perched on top of a terrace mountainside, and it was only accessible by foot or by motorbike. And like it was the traditional Japanese paper wall style home. And it still had like a golden shrine in it. And the whole floor, th- we've been there twice now, but the first time the whole floor was covered in, in like moss and fungi that had been growing over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, through exploring the place a little bit, we found out that it was inhabited by an older gentleman and once by his brother as well, who died right before him. And then he had died recently and he had endured like a fire in the home. It, it was just, it was amazing. And like the house is probably well over a hundred years old and it has a little cemetery out back. I mean, I can talk all day about it, but it was, it was an amazing find. Yeah. And like, why, uh, like why, why did they end up, you know, empty? Like why did the people leave them? Justin likes to call it like the opposite of a diaspora, like, the jobs, the lifestyle, everything is in the cities in Japan. And I think that the younger generations are just, you know, there's not a lot of industry in the rural areas. And, and so people just pick up and leave. Um, but the peculiar part is that in some of the homes that we've been to, we've noticed that it looks like people just disappeared. It's not like they packed up their house and these places are empty like we've found slippers at the door. We found like kitchen cupboards full of plates and dishes and like jackets and, and work hats like hanging on the walls. Like it, it literally looks like people just disappeared. Um, and it's, it's both super eerie and very intriguing. <laughs> yeah. Does it feel like you're intruding on somebody's space since it's, since they just left it like that? It kind of does. Like we, we've, made a point to you know not take anything not touch anything that we think might displace the home even when they look like they've probably been abandoned for close to 50 years i mean some places we found evidence that they'd been gone since like i don't know the 40s but you know if people are moving things and touching things it kind of ruins the environment for anyone else who gets a chance to see it so yeah. We were trying to stay hands off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I, I can only imagine it's like walking into probably like a, a little bit like a time capsule, depending on when, when the people left uh, the, the place. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely is. And the funny thing is, like, even in those abandoned villages, 
I don't know if you know this, but in Japan, they have these like these vending machines with drinks or snacks, mostly drinks, everywhere. And even in some of the abandoned villages that we've been to, we've found a functioning, fully stocked vending machine. <laughs> really? Like like people had stocked it recently? Yeah, like we bought a beer when we found it. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder. I wonder if people go back to visit, like for like you know, you said there's a like a cemetery, like for ancestors. You know, if they go back to visit their ancestors, and so maybe they have that for for people going back to visit. Perhaps I don't know. Oh, that's a good guess. I mean, the the first hikia that we found, it seemed like there were fresh flowers on one of the graves, and I think that incense had recently been burned in their shrine so i could mm. totally see um you know family members coming back paying their respects and then you know going back to their life in the city yeah yeah for sure yeah and you mentioned like speaking of like the vending machines you said one of your favorite things about japan was the the truck stops right oh yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like when I think of eating in Japan, it sounds crazy, but I think of going to Seven Eleven. It's like my best memory. Um, it's nothing like what you'd experience in other Western locations. Like definitely no Seven Elevens in the U.S. compare. But we would get. It's the cheapest place to buy food for one. That and like all the trucks truck stops, and you can get like rice pucks. I think they're called onigiri, and. And certain seasons, you can either get donuts or you can get, like, these buns filled with all sorts of different things. I've had the best, like, um, seaweed, um, octopus salad I've ever had in <laughs> at a 7-Eleven. They have beer friends it, for anyone who's been to Japan. I think beer friends have made it to the U.S. now, but it's like the rice crackers with peanuts. It's the best thing we've ever had. <laughs> also, <laughs> I just pretty much it's like it's a funny thing because you can go to to Seven Eleven or the other places are called Lawson's and in, in the truck stops and be mm -hmm. satisfied completely in a culinary sense. It almost. <laughs> I almost feels like I take away from like the rest of the food culture out there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I go to the convenience stores. Don't buy, don't buy food from the restaurants or anything. <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. Well, I definitely, that's on my bucket list to to get over there and 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 ride those, uh, yeah, ride ride those twisty roads in the country and 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 visit the what do you call them the hike hike hikeios hikeios. Hikios, yeah, I read the yeah. Hikios. So. Yeah, well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Kira. Where can uh, people find you and what you're doing and what uh, the projects that you and Justin are up to on, online? Um, well, you can keep up with our photo editorial work on westx1000.com and same handle for Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, me, Eh, if you want to follow me, it's just Kira underscore Sekdalen at either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. But I would probably just follow us by one thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and full disclosure, I, I um I work with you guys sometimes, so you'll probably see some of the same stuff on the call the road as you see on West by one thousand because uh, yeah, our paths cross, and and uh, we've been working on some uh, some video stuff together, so pretty cool yeah doing cool shit together <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know if awesome. i'm allowed to say that sorry 
You can say it. I won't beep it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks, Kira. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Nathan. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week. Um, I have kind of a big announcement. So I started this podcast with the idea of sharing people's motorcycle stories in the hopes that it would inspire others to get out and ride, uh, hopefully, and grow and grow the community. And I was trying to think of a way to kind of expand that and make that bigger. And one of the ideas that came to mind was um, letting people tell their own stories in a short form format. So specifically, a Google voicemail number. So I got a Google voice number. If you call 406-578-4441, you can leave your own story on there and try to keep it under, you know, three minutes or under. So we're talking short stories, but... Um, I would love to hear from you all out there in the community and be able to share those stories uh, here on the podcast. And I might, I'm not sure yet if I'm going to put the stories um, at the end of a normal podcast or maybe do an entire podcast of call-in stories. I'm not sure yet. We'll see where it goes and what happens. I'm excited to see what it is. So again, that phone number is 406-578-4441. And that will take you to my Google voicemail number and you can leave a short story there. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to hear see what happens with this. Um, yeah. And as always, if you want to reach out to me via email, uh, you can reach me at the call the road at gmail.com. And, um, I'm also going to put some show notes. I always put show notes up on, uh, at the call the road.com slash podcasts. That's podcast with an S and this week, uh, some of the pictures that Kira was talking about um, of, uh, has her riding the motorcycles and some of their adventures in Japan. Uh, she passed some of those pictures along to me, so I'll put those up there. It's pretty cool to see uh, see exactly what she was talking about. And um, I'll put a couple links to there. She wrote a couple articles about their adventures as well, and uh, I'll put that up there. So. Thanks again. And um, also, you can find the podcast. Um, you've, I mean, if you're listening, you found it already. But you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, TuneIn. I'm working on getting it on Spotify and uh, a couple others. I think uh, iHeartRadio. Um, wherever you're listening at, if you wouldn't mind taking 30 seconds out of your day to give the podcast a few stars if you like it or leave a quick little review, um, that really helps out the podcast. So thanks again. And until next time, see you down the road. <laughs>